Probably help if you could hear me, huh? Jesus said a loveless world is a sightless world, a sightless world. He said, if anybody loves me, he'll carefully, carefully keep my word and my father will love him. But what was Jesus talking about? That's what we're going to dig into today on Bible Study Live. So let's count it down. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Bible Study Live with Matt. I'm Matt, and we're about to study the Bible live. Uh, so today, uh, I started this episode by not having the microphone in front of me, which makes it a little hard for anyone to hear, but today is Tuesday, the 16th of August, at 7.51 a.m. Central Daylight Time, and today we're going to read from John chapter 14. We're going to talk about the spirit of truth. This has been on my heart a lot lately because I think right now the world is struggling with it a lot lately. Uh, and um, so, you know, as I've looked through scriptures and just been just been praying over it, um, God's been just popping stuff out. Uh, and so today what we're going to wrestle with is John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. Now, I want to say the same thing I try and say at the beginning of every Bible study live, which is this. Um, the whole purpose of studying the Bible live is to create some conversation without condemnation. Look, you may not ever join the dialogue with me, but... If, if it causes you to get in your Bible, if you say, I don't know that I agree with what Matt says, that's okay. If it causes you to get in your Bible and read God's word, awesome. Mission accomplished. Now, here's the thing. We aren't going to agree on everything, but that's totally fine. We aren't going to argue about it. But if you've got questions, you if you've got concerns, comments, uh, things that you agree or disagree with, please feel free. Pop them in the chat on whatever platform you're watching on uh, i love having a good healthy dialogue with anybody who says hey man i want to wrestle with this stuff too so feel free to drop your comments and stuff in there uh so today we're going to talk about the spirit of truth in john chapter 14 uh where jesus is having a conversation with his followers now um today i'm going to read from the message translation uh whether you're reading from the niv nlt esv csb NKJV, the NASB, the uh, Amplified Bible, whatever, uh, whatever translation uh, that you're reading from, they're all telling the same story, except, uh, of course, if it's like, you know, the, the Quran or the Jehovah's Witness Bible or the, the, the Mormon one. They're not all telling the same story in that case, but I'm referring to just different translations. They're, they're telling the same story. Sometimes the wording's a little different. If you're nerdy like me and you like to look up translator notes, you can look at the NET, what is called the New English Translation. It puts translator notes in there. It's pretty fascinating. But Eugene Peterson uh, was a very well-known uh, pastor and scholar and uh, had a lot of great people helping with the message. And today, I just really like how the message reads. So that's what we're going to dig into this morning is we're going to talk about the spirit of truth. Why? Because, well, really, the world has been redefining truth. Uh, and this is a topic that God has put in my heart that I just can't get out of it. I think our our the understanding truth starts with understanding who God is and then goes to understanding who God says we are uh, and then uh, and then understanding how God says we are supposed to live in this world that he created for us. And so today we're going to we're going to hop right in to John chapter 14. So let's read it together. 
<clears throat> Jesus said, if you love me, show it by doing what I told you. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, for those of you that read it out of a different translation. Uh, the godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him doesn't know what to look for but you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you i will not leave you orphans i'm coming back in just a little while the world will no longer see me but you're going to see me because i'm alive and you're about to come alive at that moment you'll know absolutely that i am in my father and you're in me and i'm in you the person who knows my commandments and keeps them, that's who loves me. And the person who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and make myself plain to him. Judas, not Iscariot, the other Judas, said, Master, why is it that you're, uh, you're about to make yourself plain to us but not the world? Because a loveless world, said Jesus, is a sightless world. If anyone loves me, he will carefully keep my word and my father will love him. We'll move right into the neighborhood. Not loving me means not keeping my words. The message you're hearing isn't mine. It's the message of the father who sent me. I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I've told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. You've heard me tell you I'm going away and I'm coming back. If you loved me, you'd be glad that I'm on my way to the Father because the Father is the goal and purpose of my life. I've told you this ahead of time before it happens so that when it does happen, the confirmation will deepen your belief in me. I'll not be talking with you much more like this because the chief of this godless world is about to attack. But don't worry. He has nothing on me, no claim on me. But so the world might know how thoroughly I love the Father, I'm carrying out my Father's instructions right down to the last detail. Get up, let's go. Time to leave here. Oof, man, there's a lot to unpack in what Jesus says here. So let's just let's just talk about some of this stuff. Hey, Amers, thanks. Appreciate you. Good to see you on here, my friend. So let's talk about this really quick. Let's um let's let's go right let's as Stephen Covey likes to say, let's begin at the beginning, right? So Jesus starts out as he's talking to them. He says, If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. Now, what did, what did Jesus tell them to do? Man, he taught them so much. Let's just, like, go back to the, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is like, you've heard this said, but I tell you this. You've heard it said, but I tell you this. Jesus has told them over and over and over again to be set apart from the world that they're living in, right? Now, it's funny because as Jesus is talking about leaving behind, like sending, sending a helper as other um, translations put it as he's talking about sending the Holy Spirit to live within us. But can I just um, can I just break this down to just basic everyday stuff? You know, when you read something or you see something or you hear something and just doesn't pass the sniff test, you're like, mm, that seems a little off. Like, hey, I'm a man. 
And if someone says, but if you want, you could choose to be a woman. Mm, that doesn't smell right. No, I can't. I, I came out of my mom with boy parts. I'm a dude. That's just how it is. Now, there are some men who maybe aren't, so they're not very masculine, right? That doesn't mean that they should take off the boy parts. It, some, sometimes as you grow up, because of how you're raised, because of the environment you're in, then it, things just don't feel right. Maybe you don't feel right in your own skin. But that doesn't mean that who you are should change. It doesn't mean that you're not who you were created to be, right? God's Holy Spirit lives within us, but there is a challenge here, and I think it often gets ignored by us. Jesus said something very important. When Judas, not Judas who betrayed him, asked him, he says, why are you about to make yourself plain to us but not to the world? Jesus replied, he said, because a loveless world is a sightless world. See, here's the thing. Oftentimes, we get so, and, and I say we because I'm talking to me too. We get so mad at people for um man for the damage that they do with lies right like i get frustrated when i when i see somebody tell somebody else that they're broken right that there's something wrong with them right well you're always going to have this debilitating condition right you're you know when when i hear somebody say i'm i'm i just am living with depression no you're depressed and that's a real thing and some people it hits way harder than others so I'm not diminishing that but I'm not gonna label you and say this is something that you are labeled with and you are stuck with and you have no hope you just have to eat these pills that's the only way to get through it's so frustrating because the reality is we weren't meant to feel that way we weren't meant to feel lost and hopeless and alone but sometimes we don't see the hope that's available to us sometimes we don't see the hope that's available through Jesus because why man we can't see it because we we haven't we haven't opened up ourselves to the possibility that God truly does love us and that he is who he says he is we haven't opened ourselves up to the possibility that just maybe God wants the best for our lives see sometimes part of the reason that we don't recognize the truth of of who God is of who we are is because we haven't even considered, hey, maybe God created me for something bigger and better. And maybe God loves me. And maybe God does have a plan for my life. Maybe you grew up in a household where you saw some things that you shouldn't have. I'll, I'll give you some great examples. I was talking to a men's group yesterday and just kind of sharing my upbringing, right? But, um, man, my mom and dad, I know they love me. But I'm not, not in any way discounting it. Their lifestyle choices, though, didn't set a good example for me. Like, they just didn't, uh, you know, um, I was around a lot of partying, a lot of drugs, a lot of heavy drinking, stuff like that. So as a kid growing up, to me, that's what adults did, right? This is what you grew up and you you do. Uh, I saw my dad seeking his significance uh, by hopping from woman to woman to woman. And so when I grew up and I was single, I thought that was that was it. Now, I knew better. I knew better. I did know better. I'm not going to pretend that I was oblivious to it, but I grew up seeing that example. And so when I felt lost, I started seeking my significance the same way, right? We grow up and our environment shapes what we think and what we feel, which is why parents, can I just, can I just speak to you for a minute? It's why it's so important that as we raise our kids, and I missed, 
I missed so much of this with my kids when they were young. I just did. But this is why it's so important to help raise our children knowing God and knowing the love God has for them. Knowing that God doesn't make mistakes and he created our children perfectly. He created them to be loved, to be cared for. And you know, when my daughter Jill was little, I was just telling her, you're a princess, which means nobody but a prince is good enough for you. Now, do those things stick? Well, maybe sometimes, but maybe not. But the truth is, she is a princess. She's a daughter of God. Who's God? He's the king, right? Your little boys, your little girls, they're princes and princesses. They were created by God, given as a gift to you to raise, to steward them through life, right? This is a blessing that we have. Now, anybody who's a parent knows there are days it sure doesn't feel like a blessing, right? There are days where when our kids are little, they're just like crying and screaming and it, oh my God, all you want to do is pull out your hair. There are days when they're adults that you feel the same way. But you know what? You don't ever stop loving them. You don't. You get frustrated, but you don't stop loving them. And here's the cool thing. God doesn't stop loving us. Jesus, as he's walking through and he's explained to these disciples, he says a couple of things. He says, I'm not going to leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. He talks about how uh, that when he leaves, that we should be like his disciples, not us. Obviously, he left you know, from them. But when he's talking to them, he said, you heard me saying, I'm going away and I'm coming back. If you love me, you'd be glad I'm on my way to the Father because the Father is the goal and the purpose of my life. We, so we have some challenges in Christian theology. I'm just going to just get, I'm studying the Bible, so I'm just going to get raw and real with you guys in this. There are some challenges in the wordings that we use in Christian theology. For example, in the beginning, God wasn't alone, right? He's their Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? This is where the word the Trinity comes from. No, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but that is where the, 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 the theology of the Trinity comes from, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So when, when God is creating mankind and he says, let us let us create them in our image, right? He, it, the scriptures in the beginning in Genesis talk about the Spirit hovering over the waters. You see the Holy Spirit and God's having this dialogue. Hey, let's create man and woman. Let's create him in our, in our image, right? So here we are. We have man and woman created in the image of God. So God wasn't alone. So this is where we get the idea that it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Think think like a family, right? That together as one, there's that unity. Kind of like when we see Adam and Eve and then, you know, it, it, Adam's like, whoa, man, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. says two become one, only in that example, actually, literally. Means they hook, they lay down together. But I digress. Two are one, right? Marriage, two become one. All right. So when we look at all of that and we fast forward and we and we look at what Jesus is saying here and and the whole breakdown, Jesus is saying the goal is to do his father's work. Now, the Christian theology challenge we have is oftentimes when we talk about Jesus and, and we look at John, it says, in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. And Jesus is referred to as the word. So then we're like, so who's God? Is God God? Is Jesus God? Is whew, can get confusing, right? But here's the truth, since we're talking about the spirit of truth. The truth is this. Jesus said he could do nothing apart from the father, right? When Jesus was in the heavenlies, with God, Jesus was with God. He was aligned with God, and God gave all authority through him. When Jesus came to earth, Jesus set aside his deity. Didn't mean he wasn't who he was. Think of it like this. Um, 
If a king steps down from his throne into the battlefield, he's no less king. But he doesn't have the safety, security, and power that he had sitting on the throne behind the walls. He's put himself in harm's way, just like the soldiers on the battlefield. He's out there on the front lines with them. So all the, the power and authority, you know, like from, from the throne, he could say, go do this and go do that. And it would be done. But when Jesus put on skin and came to earth, he, like us, had to call out to God and say, Father, I'm asking you for this. Father, I need you in this moment. Father, guide me in this moment. See, Jesus spoke often of the connection that he had with God. And he said when he left, he, he said when he came and was leaving, he was giving us that connection with God. Hence the Holy Spirit living inside us, God's spirit inside us. We see Jesus in his baptism, the spirit descended on him like a dove. And God says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, right? Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus, which is why Jesus had a connection directly with God while he had skin on and he was a person. When Jesus left, when we make the choice to become a disciple of him, a follower of Jesus, when we make the choice to, to, to give our lives to him, that same Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. And when that happens... Something changes. There's something inside us where we know, hey, the way I'm living, that ain't right. I gotta, I gotta make some life changes. Something happens within us where all of a sudden when we start to see things happening in the world, we say, even the things that before we used to think were okay, we start to see them and we go, Man, but, that, but that's not, I don't think that's okay. I don't think that's okay. You know, I, man, there's so many things. Oh, gosh, this is probably going to be frustrating to some people. So, listen, I don't care what side of the political line you're on. The politicians aren't your savior. They're not. They're not mine. They're not yours. Uh, I, I truthfully believe that there are probably some good ones out there, good human beings uh, doing as best they can. But ultimately, at the end of the day, many of them, you know, they're out to build a career, right? Uh, it's a vocation for them. Uh, it's funny, we still call them public servants. I, I, I don't remember the last time I saw one that actually served us, right? But here's the thing. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, no matter what your beliefs are, when I was younger, I had certain beliefs because I didn't, I didn't have God's Holy Spirit in me. All right? Uh, there were things that I thought were okay. I thought, uh, you know what? It's not my body. If somebody chooses to go do whatever, it's okay. That's them. That's on them. That's their choice. Um, there were a lot of things. Hey, if people don't want to get married and they just want to hook up, like, that's okay. That's them. That's their choice. That's their body. They can do whatever they want. But once we start to look at God's plan for our lives and we go, well, wait a minute, there's a better way to live. God says, this isn't okay. God says, I knew you before you were created in your mother's womb. Well, wait a minute. So that means God had a plan for me before I was even born. In spite of knowing everything I do and every bad choice, he was like, yeah, I'm still going to go ahead and create Matt. Now, this is a hard thing because sometimes we go, okay, but what about the evil people then? God knew them too before they were created. He knew that they had the propensity to do horrible things. Adolf Hitler, Charles Manson. Yet he still allowed them to be born. Why? Well, this is where some of the challenge comes in, isn't it? Like, we live in a broken world, a fallen world. We have free will. Just like 
Adolf Hitler and Charles Manson had the propensity for evil, they also had the opportunity to choose good, but they didn't. And God knew what they would choose, right? He knew what they would choose, which really it creates a whole nother wrestling match of going, but if God knew, then why allow them? Well, there's still that free will. You know, I, it's funny. I always look at it like this. I say, um, I'm going to give you guys like the Twilight reference because I'm such a dork. But like uh, if you've ever like read the Twilight series or whatever, like um, there's this character, Alice, who's, uh, you know, she kind of sees like all the different paths of the future, right? While seeing all the paths, you know, they could still change, right? Somebody could still choose a different path. Uh, I, I don't believe it's as simplistic as that with God, but I think God actually, ultimately, I, I have to believe God knows the path we're going to choose, but God also created us with free will. So I think God knows all of the possible paths that we'll choose. And just like we have hope in one another, I think God, as a loving father, always has hope in us, hoping that we'll make the right choice. But there's a reason that God sent Jesus. Because in spite of hoping that we'd make the right choice, we don't always. In spite of hoping that we would choose him back, right? God chose us before we ever chose him. As Paul says in the scriptures, he says, while we were still God's enemy, he chose us. While we were helpless and could do nothing. Meaning, when there was no way we could choose God, God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us because some of us wouldn't choose him. And we still needed to be rescued from an eternity in hell, right? And so Jesus comes on the scene to take the hit for you and me. But here's the deal. That's not like just a free pass to live life the way we want. Just because Jesus died for us and just because God knew you and I would sometimes just have our heads so far up our butt that we couldn't see and hear logic, that doesn't give us a free pass. Jesus might have rescued us from hell, but guess what? That doesn't ensure that we get eternity in heaven. And this is where following Jesus and his commands comes in. And this is where also realizing that the truth matters comes in. And I'm not just talking about the truth that there is one God and that Jesus is Jesus and he is who he said he was, but I'm talking about the truth that's going on around you in this world today. I saw a video this morning, and, and this is kind of just made me start wrestling with this. And this guy, um, he was talking about just things going on in America right now, right? Which I, <clears throat> I'm not at the pulpit preaching. I'm wrestling through stuff. So I just want to be clear about that, okay? This isn't me preaching something. Because uh, I believe um, what happens in the world is important to talk about. But I also think that our own personal political beliefs, I, I, I think we need to keep them out of the pulpit, right? Who we lie with politically. So I'm not going to talk about something political. I'm going to talk about life and humanity right now. All right? So uh, hang in there, baby birds. I want to feed you something. I saw this video today, and this guy was talking about stuff going on in the world right now. And he said, you know, there, is, there are so many lies being fed to our children right now. There's so many things that are not okay, right? Things that don't pass the sniff test. Things that uh, the spirit of truth tells us this isn't okay, right? Telling a toddler or a child that it's okay for them to, to have their, their body permanently altered because a little boy feels like he wants to put on a dress like mom when he's a three-year-old going, oh, you must, maybe you should be a girl. Let's get you on hormone treatments and cut off your boy parts, right? That's not okay. It's not. God didn't make a mistake when he created that little boy, just like he didn't make a mistake when he created the little girl who wants to go hunting and fishing with her mom or dad and ride four-wheelers 
and 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 maybe she's not super effeminate. It doesn't mean that she's destined to like girls or turn herself into physically what looks like a boy, right? There's crazy stuff going on right now. Things that if we look back through history, in this video I was talking about this morning, this guy was like, if we look back through history, man, when the governments like did crazy stuff over taxes, blah, blah, there was a revolt and it was violent and there was war. War is ugly. We don't want war. War is stupid. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's, uh, it leads to death. War doesn't, war isn't a good thing, right? None of us want that to happen. And this guy said, we have to do everything we can to peacefully, let me say this, peacefully, peacefully push back against the lies and the things that are happening in our culture, in this world. And man, he's right. Like my wife and I were talking about this morning. The Bible tells us, you've heard it said uh, to love your neighbor and it's unwritten rule to hate your enemy. But Jesus says, I tell you to love your enemy. I tell you to pray for those who persecute you. Now, here's the thing. That seems hard. It is hard. It seems hard because it is hard. To pray for someone who I know is my enemy is literally one of the hardest challenges ever. People say, well, it shouldn't be. Dear God, please help my enemy. It's not like that because once you understand what prayer is, it's a conversation with the creator of the universe the all-powerful creator of the universe. And sometimes we don't want our enemies to experience God's love. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes what I really want to pray for is God to rain down bricks on their head. When I see somebody leading a child, somewhat like someone that I personally know, leading a child into things that are not good for a child, witchcrafty stuff, uh, horrible crap like that. When I see someone calling their kid a retard, when I see somebody disrespecting their child or their child's mother, when I see someone treating their kids, uh, manipulating them, lying to them, I, I'm going to tell you I'm angry. And, and what I desire is to say, God, would you just let them have a heart attack? and fall over dead, that's personally, like as a human, what I feel. And then I look at the words that Jesus said, and I'm like, oh, fail, fail. Because Jesus said, if I love him, I'm going to keep his commands. And he said, I say pray for your enemies. Bless them. What? What? Are you kidding me? He's not kidding. See, here's the deal. Uh, I what was uh, I was listening to something the other day, and this guy was talking about. Um, oh, you know, I was at this men's deal last week, and this guy said uh, his grandfather. You know, his kid was raised. His parents were staunch atheists, and they said to him, "You know, the church is full of hypocrites and liars and sinners." And uh, so, when he went to live with his grandparents, and he was in early, early teens, you know, his grandpa was like, you know talking to him about church, and he's like, I don't believe in God. You know, the church is full of hypocrites, liars, and sinners. And his grandpa said, you're right. It is. We are hypocrites, liars, and sinners. Or hypocrites and sinners, not liars. He said, you're right, we are. And he goes, and that's why we don't worship the church or the people in it. It's why we worship the perfect God. It's why we don't follow the church and the people in it. We follow a perfect God. Because we're trying to be like Jesus. 
See, here's the thing. You know what the difference between the church and the world is, friends? The church, and by church, I don't mean the building or the denomination. Denominations divide. Throw that crap out of here. Seriously. Oh, I'm Baptist. I'm Lutheran. I'm Catholic. I'm Church of Christ. Non-denom is a denom nowadays. Throw it all away. All of that crap divides. There is one God. There is one Jesus. That's it. Every other label you slap on yourself is just a label to divide you from the rest of your brothers and sisters in Christ. So we gotta, we've got to shake that crap off. But anyways, what this guy's grandpa said to him was so powerful when he said, you're right, the church is full of hypocrites and liars and sinners. And that's why that's not who we're following. We're trying to follow, we're following Jesus. We're trying to be like Jesus. We follow and we worship God because God isn't a hypocrite. God isn't a liar. And God isn't a sinner. Jesus was the only human being to perfectly walk this earth, perfectly, perfectly, perfectly sin-free, born into a sinful world and walked it out perfectly, right? That's who we follow. And he said, pray for your enemies. Ugh. I am not perfect. I get so mad. I get so mad. I just sometimes I just want to punch people right in the teeth. That's just fact. Anybody who's like a, a Christian, a Christ follower, that says they're perfect, man, red flag. Red flag, run. Anybody who says, "Well, I follow all these disciplines, so that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm right with God," red flag. No, you're not. You're right with God because Jesus died on the cross and his blood covered your sin. You're right with God because of Jesus. Without Jesus, we are not right with God. Nothing we do, nothing we could do would ever make us right with God. There's some hard truth. But the challenge is this. Sometimes the hard truth, we end up leaning toward Catholicism, which means we live in a life of, uh, we live a life of perpetual, uh, you know, reflection on how worthless we are. And that's not what God wants us to experience either. Because Jesus said he wanted us to make his joy complete. He wanted us to be one with each other like he's one with the Father. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? Like the song says. There, there is joy in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So God wants us to experience joy. So how do we experience that joy and that truth at the same time? Here's how. The truth is the world is broken. We're born into it. So we were born into a world where we're not going to experience or live or create perfection on our own. That's it. But the truth is that Jesus came and died for us so that in spite of the imperfections, we could be made right with God. And there is the joy. The truth is what happened in the garden is what destined humanity to an eternal punishment which would have been hell the truth is jesus death on the cross got us saved from that it's funny i was uh, I, I love when when i when i'm chatting with folks or they're like hey what's your story what's your testimony and they'll be like man i got saved when i was 30 i had somebody ask me yesterday when did you get saved and i said a little over 2000 years ago when jesus bled on the cross and died for me that's when I got saved. Like, no, yeah, but I, you know, like, when did you get saved? Like, people think when you, you get saved when you uh, say a prayer, you know, say a magic prayer to Jesus. That's not what saves you. If that's what saved you, 
If that's what saved you, then you could get yourself saved by saying something. What saved you and me was Jesus' death on the cross. There's a difference between salvation and living in the age to come. There's two different things. <sighs> There's a difference between salvation and restoration. There's a difference between salvation and redemption. Friends, Jesus died for you. Whether you wanted him to or not, whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not, here's truth. Truth is, God's got a plan for you. Truth is, the world's filling you full of lies. Truth is, I wrestle with this stuff every day, and the level of frustration that it brings to me is sometimes overwhelming. The truth is that a broken world uh, that we live in, there's, it's no wonder people are committing suicide at higher rates than ever. Because they want to leave the world. The problem is, we're not. God has a plan for you, and that plan didn't include you leaving the world. So if you're feeling overtly depressed, you're feeling like life sucks. You've lost everything through the COVID scamdemic, uh, and I had COVID, so I'm not saying COVID's not real. But the fact the CDC now says, "Hey, it's here to stay." It's basically the same as the flu. I experienced it. I was one of the first people in Michigan to get it in March of 2020. It did suck. It was horrible. I do know people who have lost loved ones from it. I'm not downplaying it. What I'm saying is there was never, it was never going to get defeated. Okay. People have lost everything, their livelihood, their family members, their loved ones, because we didn't know what we didn't know medically. And we put our faith in the wrong place. It is what it is. But through all those things, I understand why people think, it's hopeless. I understand why depression's through the roof. I understand why suicide's through the roof. But can I tell you, it doesn't have to be. God has a plan for you. Jesus says, and if you love me, do what I say. What did he say? Well, when the, the most religious of all people asked him what the greatest command was, he said this, love God with everything you've got. And the second thing, which is pretty darn close. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. He said everything in the law and the prophets hang off of these two things. It's interesting. He didn't say it all hangs off the one of just loving God. He said everything hangs off these two things. So how do we do this? Well, number one, we got to get to know God. Because how do you love someone you don't even know? How do you properly love them? You can be kind and benevolent towards someone if you don't know them, but how do you truly love someone and have a relationship with someone you don't know? It's impossible. So how do we get to know God? We, uh, we crack open one of these crazy things. Uh, it's called the Bible. You just open it. You just go, you just go open it up and then you just start reading like, okay, who is he? All right, I'm going to read. I'm going to figure out who he is. I'm going to get to know God. So that's the first thing. We got to know him in order to love him. And then the second thing, to love your neighbor as yourself, how do you do that? You leave your house and you share God's love with other people. Do you know how else you love your neighbor? You, you share the truth about when things in the world are, are broken. You say, hey, those things are going on. It's true, they are. But you know what? The truth is, that's not God's plan. It's not what God wants. It's not okay. See, the truth is, we're all sinners truth is, apart from Christ, none of us are worthy. The truth is, there's not super sin like, you know, being gay is the super sin that condemns you to hell or, or, or whatever. This is some other super sin. No, the church, 
the people we've elevated things to that to to act like like someone's um someone being gay is worse than uh, adultery or we act like someone being gay is worse than some alcoholic beating his wife nope all of those are not okay according to god they're not okay doesn't matter if uh, how i feel about them according to god they're not okay now that doesn't mean i go condemn you if you're gay it means that i love you in spite of it uh and pray for you and pray for god to reveal his truth to you so you understand that god's got a different plan for your life but god doesn't stop loving you or me just because we didn't love him back properly and therein lies the truth about our perfect father if you're a parent you will understand this your kid could be a meth head robbing banks and doing horrible things and you can say what my child is doing is wrong but that doesn't mean you don't love your child you love your child i love my kid none of my kids are meth heads robbing banks just to be clear so i like i'm not using that as a real example for me but just because my child does something that i don't agree with doesn't mean i stop loving them it means i love them and i pray for them even more just because you and i make stupid choices very big mistakes our heavenly father doesn't stop loving us and if you're listening to this right now and you're like oh man i've made those mistakes i know i've sinned against god i can't come back from that yeah you can god i love you help me to understand your ways just pray that you might say well he's never listening to me because i don't believe in him why would he listen to my prayer well maybe if you talk to him maybe you'll hear from him Scriptures tell us if we if we cry out to God, his pe- if we cry out to God, he listens. You know, God's people were in Egypt and they were crying out to him and they cried out and, he, and God listened. And guess what? Then they were complete idiots and jerks and slapped him in the face and they made a cow out of gold and they did all kind of stupid stuff. He didn't stop loving them. Now on earth, they <laughs> only a couple of them got into the promised land on earth. So guess what? Our choices on earth have consequences on earth. Fact. But thank God that what Jesus did for us on the cross, thank God that what Jesus did for us on the cross means that our our stupidity and our mistakes on earth are eternal. Because Jesus' death covered all that sin. Can I encourage you? If you've been feeling depressed, if you've been feeling like, man, there is no hope left in this world, can I encourage you by saying there is hope left in this world and his name is Jesus? Can I encourage you by saying, become a student of him, become a disciple of him, learn who he is, learn about his love for you and your family and your friends. Don't give up hope. You got saved from the punishment you deserved a little over 2,000 years ago. But do you want your story to just end with, well, at least I didn't go to hell? No. No, you don't. That's not a good storybook ending for your life. See, your story is much bigger, much bigger than you think it is. God's got a plan for you. Is today the day that maybe you need to accept that that plan is better than any plan you could have for yourself? I think it is. So if uh, if you've never made the choice, God already made the choice for you. But if you've never, like, he chose you, he wants you, he, he wants you. But if you've never made the choice to say, all right, God, 
I want you to. Can I encourage you to make today that day? You may say, well, I don't know how to do that. Just, just ask him. God, I know that I don't know you. God, I know that I've rejected you. God, I don't, I'm not sure that I believe in you. Help me to believe. I'm not sure that I have faith in you. God, help me to have faith. God, I'm not sure that I trust you. Help me to have trust. And keep asking and keep asking. Keep asking until you hear an answer. Because he'll answer. You come to God with a faithful heart. And by faithful, I don't mean one that automatically buys into everything. By faithful, I mean a trusting heart, an open heart. You know, somebody used this analogy. When you got a closed hand, right, uh, when our hand is closed so tight, like because we don't want to be generous, right, when our hand is closed so tight, then we, we don't have an open hand to receive anything. Same happens in our heart. When our heart is closed, God can't fill us up with the love that we have. When our heart is closed off to him, he can't fill us up with the strength and the love and the hope that we need. So Pray that God will open your heart. Hey, God, thank you so much for the people that tune in and watch us live. Thank you for the people that watch it after the fact. God, I pray a blessing over their lives. Father, it is so hard to bless our enemies, too. You know, like I, can't, I can't bluff you. It makes me sick to my stomach. It makes me angry. God, give me a heart like Jesus. Help me to be better. Lord, for anybody who's listening or watching that doesn't know who you are, that hasn't made a choice to say, hey, I want you in my life. God, I pray that you would help them open their hearts. Give them ears to hear. Give them eyes to see. God, in this broken world that we live in, help people to know you don't make mistakes. You created them in your image. Help these little boys who are feeling lost to realize that they are destined to grow up to become good men. Help these little girls who are feeling lost to realize they are destined to grow up to be good women. God, we just cast out the lies of the enemy. We pray that you just shut that down. God, bring common sense back into the fold. God, protect your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you need a Bible, you can drop me a message on uh, whatever platform you're watching on. My wife and I would be happy to get on Amazon and mail you one. Drop your name, address, and phone number for the tracking. No, we're not going to market to you. We're not going to mail you a bunch of tracks or any of that crap. Uh, but what we will do is go on Amazon and shoot you a Bible that is in plain English so you got one to read. If you've got a cell phone and you're watching this, you could also download the Bible app made by Uversion, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And I would encourage you to read the message or the New Living Translation or the New English Translation. They're all great. Uh, and um, listen, no matter where you're at in your faith journey, you're just one moment away from making the right decision to become a student of Jesus. Please make today that day love you guys thanks for tuning in uh i will see you on bible study live tomorrow sometime between 7 30 and 8 30 a.m central daylight time same bat channel uh yeah thanks again for tuning in now go make your day and hopefully somebody else's amazing Ooh, uh.